You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcast podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl. Writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things, but on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with the Sonos Arc, the premium soundbar for TVs, movies, gaming, uh, music, and more. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. All right, on today's episode, we are going to be recapping Kentucky basketball's 80-71 to loss to the Auburn Tigers. We're going to go through what we saw in the first half. The second half, we're going to talk about what Kellen Grady and Coach Cal had to say after the game in their press conference, and then just some final thoughts and questions here uh, from some of you guys out there. Again, thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody that we are free and available on all podcast platforms. So let's get into it. First half, early on, back and forth. Auburn had a really hard time controlling Kentucky in transition. Uh, part of that was because Auburn kept turning the ball over. They just simply kept giving it up in the half court. Wendell Green, Alan Flanagan, Jabari Smith uh, would, would just lose track of the ball, and Kentucky was very handsy, very physical on defense early, and it allowed Kentucky to get out to a 17-6 to uh, open to this game. Auburn doesn't know what a timeout is. I've, I've, I've watched them a couple of times this year just kind of let opposing teams get on really big runs, and Bruce Pearl just refuses to take a, take a timeout. I don't understand it. Um, but he let Kentucky get out to a 17 to six lead, uh, and that, that was that was pretty pretty gracious of Auburn. Kentucky slowed down in the half court, and then the scoring started to slow down. Severe Wheeler was playing very well in transition early. He was a huge part of this game. He stopped taking shots eventually in the paint, and that really kind of shut down the offense. Uh, for some reason, Kentucky in the half court, it looked like they wanted to make it a half court game. Like they were content to run in transition, but it looked like Kentucky wanted to make it a half court game. And, um, they, they had success early and then all of a sudden the success just started to disappear. Like they just stopped knocking down shots. Auburn put Kentucky on the free throw line early and severe Wheeler was a huge part of that. We'll talk later on about the foul discrepancy and the free throw discrepancy in this game. Um, but Kentucky took some free throws early, and then they really didn't take a lot of free throws for the rest of the game. Auburn was out of sync on offense. They were out of sync on defense. Kentucky was playing their basketball game. It was not playing to Auburn's tempo or to Auburn's strength. Kentucky was playing the brand of basketball that they wanted to for the majority of this first half. Auburn's shot selection was really, really bad. Um, and Kentucky's just wasn't for the most part. The half court game was won by Kentucky, even though the scoring did kind of slow down. There were two shot clock violations though early, which was just simply not good. Uh, and, and the momentum just kind of shifted in Kentucky's favor early. And then it was Auburn trying to slowly crawl uh, back into that contest. And what kind of aided that was an injury to Ty Ty Washington shooting guard for the the uh, the Wildcats. I don't know what Ty Ty's status is right now. Um, it seemed that he went down on his ankle pretty bad, immediately got up, but couldn't really put a lot of weight on it. He walked to the wa uh, locker room, but you could tell he was in pain. I don't know what his status is right now, but it's very similar to the LSU game where we lost one of our starting guards, and now we're trying to have to kind of play catch-up um, 
with this team, and Auburn slowly started to climb it back into the game uh, after that point. Now, they had actually gone began, began their run to get back into the game before Ty Ty got hurt, but whenever Washington went down, it really aided Auburn in the fact that they could really kind of, okay, hone in on specific things in Kentucky's offense, and then defensively, Ty Ty was not out there to be aggressive. So it was just really, it really hurt the Wildcats, and I, I will also say this, uh, and we'll get into the the, the fouls and the, the turnovers and, and, and all that different stuff later on, but I do want to say early on in the first half, something I noticed about Kentucky defensively is while I don't think Ty Ty recorded a steal, Kentucky's guards were playing very handsy. Everybody on Kentucky was playing very handsy defense. They were up in Auburn's grill. They were trying to get turnovers. They were trying to make Auburn's ball handlers uncomfortable in the half court, and it worked. For the majority of the first half, it worked. Um, but I was watching the game with some friends, and I turned to one of my friends and said, you notice how Kentucky is playing handsy, and they're not calling fouls. Auburn, and, and I, I guess you could say this about any college basketball game, about any basketball game in general, as the game goes on, officials start to call tighter contests, and it really slows the pacing down in the second half. Um, that's just kind of the way the game works. You've seen it a lot with Auburn, though, this year, where like, even on Auburn's end, they will be, like, the, the Florida game, the Auburn-Florida game, uh, just a couple weeks ago, Auburn was fouling like crazy in the second half against the Gators. And it was like, okay, this is now, the pace of this game has now gone to a snail's crawl. Like, it is just it's just barely moving along because there's a foul every 30 seconds. Um, and I said to my friend, I was like, watch this game slow down in the second half. And we're not seeing a lot of fouls right now. But watch the pacing of this game become really slow. And it's going to become a free throw contest, at least a little bit. At least I thought it would for both teams. But Auburn ended up shooting a lot more free throws than Kentucky did. And part of that was because what what happened at the very end of the game. But it was it was interesting to note that Kentucky's strategy was to just simply make Auburn's ball handlers uncomfortable in the half court. They were trying to shut that down. They were trying to see if Auburn's guards, Katie Johnson, Wendell Green, Zepp Jasper, could actually handle the pressure, and Auburn couldn't. Uh, early on, but then they adjusted. After Ty Ty Washington stepped out of the game, they adjusted. And it was one of those first halves where I feel like we've seen this with Kentucky and Auburn before, where Kentucky has flexed the fact that I think Kentucky is still the superior team if they played on a neutral site and they were fully healthy, but we'll get into that later. They kind of flexed the fact, the Wildcats did, that they are still very, very talented and they are capable of running a, a high-powered offense and they are capable of doing all these different things on the defensive end and running in transi- transition. Kentucky got out there and proved that they were a good team early. Then they lost a player, and then Auburn started to climb back in, and then the fouls got tight, and then Wheeler got hurt, uh, which happened later on in the game. But I feel like we've seen this with Kentucky and Auburn before, minus the injuries where Kentucky's gotten out early, they're a good basketball team. They've proven it. They score. And then Auburn has to fight back into it, and eventually Kentucky lets up. And then they lose. I feel like we've seen that over the past two or three seasons. And I, it's not like I'm disappointed in the way that these kids fought. I'm very impressed with the way that I saw Severe Wheeler play. Just played his heart out uh, with Ty Ty Washington not on the floor. But um, it had nothing to do with the fight that these players had. It's just... You know, there was a little bit of home cooking. I'll, I'll say that for 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 the uh, for the Auburn Tigers in this game. And you know what? I feel like we've seen that over and over and over with Auburn in recent years. 
All right, we're going to talk about what happened in the second half and what we saw and why Auburn scored 51 points after being down 33 to 28. We're going to talk about uh, what happened in the second half in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Get Upside. All right, Kentucky fans, let me tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. If you have Get Upside, as all Locked On Kentucky listeners should, then you will be making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. All right, moving along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Second half notes here from Kentucky's 71-80 loss on the road to the Auburn Tigers. Auburn in the second half, like I mentioned just a second ago, scored 51 points. Uh, and Auburn just simply started getting better looks. Shebway was shut down early. Uh, and part of that had to do with the way that the officials were calling the game. So they started calling ticky-tack fouls on Auburn's end. Um, but whenever Kentucky wanted to go get down low, it felt like at times in the second half where there could have potentially been a foul called, uh, the officials were not bothering to blow the whistle. It would just be like, okay, Bryce Hopkins just got mauled in the paint and got slapped on the arm. There was no ball. It was on a block and not a single foul was called. It's like, okay, Shebway's gone up twice now and gotten his shot blocked or he's missed the shot and there was no foul called. And that happened over and over and over in the second half. And I'm not blaming the officials for the outcome of this game. I just want to say again, I feel like Auburn got a little home cooking in this game. It just feels like that. And, you know, the officiating wasn't perfect on both ends of the floor. Like, there were a couple of out-of-bounds plays in the first half where it's just like, that should be Auburn's ball, but it's ours. Okay, we'll take it. Um, but the officiating was not great. Auburn also had only three fouls in, over the span of like 26 or 28 minutes into the game, um, which you don't really see very often. I also will say, uh, until the second half, I don't think Kentucky was trying to do things that would have drawn fouls. At least it didn't. There, there weren't a lot of situations where like, okay, Kentucky's trying to draw a foul here. Until uh, those three or four examples I just mentioned in the second half. Losing Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington was huge. Hey, I don't know if you know this, but when you don't have your starting point guard and shooting guard, you're probably going to have a tough time winning a game. It's the reason that they're starting. It's like some people may say, well, go to your bench and pull a five-star out, dude. Well, that's not how it works, right? You may have a five-star on your bench, great, but there's a reason that guys start. It's because they're the best players. And whenever you have to dig into your bench, you're then playing players that are I wouldn't say objectively worse. I'm just saying that they're not on the level as those starters, right? Again, that's the reason that they start kids. But losing Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington was huge. It kind of felt like LSU all over again. It's just like, okay, we're having to scrap and claw our way back into this game without two of our better players that can run the offense. Um, having to play Davion Mintz 31 minutes was not good. I've talked time and time and time again over these past couple weeks about how Davion Mintz plays really well as a role player off the bench. Had to play 31 minutes today, um, or excuse me, in in this game. And it was not good for the Kentucky offense. I believe he finished with a minus 7 uh, plus minus rating. It was negative 7. 
again, just not good that he had to uh, play out there for so long. Nothing was consistent from the officials. Again, I want to go back to there would be ticky-tack fouls on both ends of the floor, and then there would be nothing, specifically on Kentucky's end. It just was really frustrating. The half-court game continued to slow way down in Auburn's favor. Uh, Auburn shot, I believe, 44 shots in this game. I've got the shot chart right here in front of me. Yeah, 44 shots in this game, and they average over 64 a game. So Auburn, after a while, was like, okay, you want to make this half-court game? We'll make it a half-court game. And then they slowed the pace way down. And Kentucky kind of had to because they were playing without two of their best guards that could push the ball in transition. Um. And so the half-court game slowed way down, and Auburn just kind of took control. Kentucky, this is the final thing I say here, I'll say here, and then I want to get into some of the statistics. You know what a pick-and-roll in basketball is, where you've got a guard, you've got a, a forward or a center at the top, and you'll have the center set a screen, the guard will roll past it, roll past the pick, and then the pick will roll to the basket as well. So you've got a guard and the center rolling to the basket, and the guard has two options. He can either take the layup himself, he can lob it up to the center. He can dish it to the center. Well, actually, technically, as a third option, he could kick it to an open shooter if he wanted to. And Auburn ran the pick and roll, different versions of it on the side, over and over and over and over. And I believe Kessler finished with eight dunks. And I think all but two of them were off of set lob plays. And Kentucky could not stay home on Walker Kessler. And I think that was the biggest thing in the second half. It wasn't the free throws. It wasn't the fouls. It was not being able to stay home on a simple pick and roll. And Coach Cal talked about it in the press conference, and we'll get into what he said, uh, oh, everything else he said later on. But he essentially said, "Is like, yeah, we told the kids to stay home on it. We told the kids to get up there, get a hand on it, and they simply just wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. And we're trying to guard all three of those things, right? We're trying to guard the, uh, the point guard. We're trying to guard the lob. We're trying to guard a kick to the shooter. It's like, if we're going to do anything, let's force him to take the long shot. But... Um, Kentucky just simply wouldn't stay home on Walker Kessler. Auburn center, he finished with 19 points on the day and a plus-minus of plus 15. Uh, so that's what happens whenever you don't stay home, stay home on the same play over and over again, guys. You just give up the same lob over and over and over again. All right, before we move on, I want to get into some of the statistics here really quickly. Some interesting things to note. Severe Wheeler had 17 points. 7 of 12 from the floor made his only three. He's been shooting well from three as of late. Uh, had th- four assists, only one turnover. Played 36 minutes, played his heart out. Ty Ty Washington was only able to play nine minutes before he got hurt. Kellen Grady, 17 points, five of nine from the floor, four of seven from three. Uh, he played every single minute for the Wildcats and finished with a minus nine plus minus, which I personally don't understand considering he didn't turn the ball over. Uh, Shibwe got his numbers, 16 points, 14 rebounds. Um, probably could have stood to have shot more than two free throws in this game. It's just my opinion. And then Kentucky's bench uh, combined for 11 points, three rebounds, 10 personal fouls, five assists. It was five of 12 from the floor. Those were all, that was the combined numbers from all five players from Kentucky's bench. Davian Mintz had 31 minutes. Jacob Toppin had 18 before he fouled out. Um, and then Dante Allen, Bryce Hopkins, and Lance Ware played two minutes, one minute, and two minutes. So Kentucky essentially was forced to play with seven guys this game. Because Ty Ty Washington was out. If Ty Ty Washington was healthy, they would have played eight. Um, but just a really tough day for Kentucky to try and go into that environment without those two kids, the two guards, Wheeler and, um, and Ty Ty, for a little bit in this game. 
and not be able to just execute at their max capacity. Katie Johnson finished with 17 points for Auburn. Walker Kessler finished with 19. Uh, Kevin Durant, a.k.a. Jabari Smith, finished with 14 points for the Tigers. Um, but weirdly enough, the highest plus minus of the day was for Auburn guard Zepp Jasper. He had a plus 17 plus minus. Only had two points, three assists, one personal foul, one rebound, didn't turn the ball over. He's kind of been their glue guy. I should have probably talked about him a little bit more. But it was the stars in this game that played well. It was the stars in this game that played well for Auburn. Again, only 44 shots for a team that takes 64 game. Auburn controlled the half-court game. And they hounded Kentucky on the other end. All right, we're going to talk about the foul discrepancy, talk about what Coach Cal said, talk about what Kellen Grady said uh, about this game. We're going to do that in just a second. Before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or just taste like a candy, uh, chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. And eventually by like week three or four, you might be thinking to yourself, this is really just not worth it. Where's the things that actually taste good? You know, where's all the chocolate? Where's all the sweets? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and they taste fantastic. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And you can compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar in dozens of net carbs. They've got so many different flavors to choose from as well. They've got coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, mint brownie, salted caramel. They've got so many flavors. And in fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. You can also go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march through the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022, a new year, and a new updated desktop and mobile website for you to use. To sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, go to betonline.ag and use our promo code Locked On to get started. From bat, bat, ooh, basketball, football, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Almost had a stroke there reading that last ad. I'm really, by the way, I don't know if you saw it. Just talking about Bet Online and talking about the NFL playoffs here for a second. I don't know if you saw it, but the Packers sold against the 49ers. Anybody that took San Fran plus five and a half on betonline.ag, major winners. I would encourage you to take a look at some of the NFL uh, playoff odds as we continue along here. All right, what the coaches and players had to say, some questions about the game. Uh, two questions from listeners, and then I want to get into the foul discrepancy. All right, two questions here from listeners. One question, what adjustments did Pearl make in the second half, and how did Calipari respond? One of the things that I noted, like I just said, one of the adjustments that uh, Auburn made was trying to slow the game down and work in the half court and continuously run the pick and roll. They ran it in the first half well late. Auburn said, hey, it's working. We're going to continue to run that. We're going to continue to play aggressive on the defensive end. 
and you didn't really see Auburn get out and run a lot in this game. I believe there was only one or two moments where Auburn was able to like get down the court and get a basket off of it. But the adjustment I think that Coach Pearl made in the second half was sticking to what was working late in the first, which was getting the ball to Walker Kessler. And then letting Jabari Smith work in isolation. I think we saw that in key moments, too, in the second half. It's just like, okay, let's let... That we, I don't think we saw it a ton in the first half. It's like, okay, well, let's let our superstar actually work like he's a superstar. That was one of the things that I noticed as an adjustment in the second half. Calipari, in terms of responding, uh, we'll get into what he said again, but he essentially was like, well, we asked the kids to stop the pick and roll. Like, we told them that's an adjustment we need to make, and the kid, kids just simply couldn't execute. Just simply couldn't execute. At least that's what I saw. What happens if Ty Ty and Wheeler both don't get hurt was another question that was asked, well, if Ty Ty and Wheeler both don't get hurt, I think Kentucky definitely has a better opportunity to win this game. Now, do they win it? I don't know. Um, but a lot of fans on Twitter were saying Auburn, uh, social media, like just anywhere you looked, like even if they weren't Kentucky fans, like Auburn was about to get waxed if if Washington get, didn't get hurt. Really? You think so? You think a 10-point lead nine minutes into the game is insurmountable for a team like Auburn? We broke them down on Friday. Or... Uh, it, Thursday and Friday, and we noted that Auburn time and time and time again against legitimate competition has come back. Larger deficits later on in games. It's not like a 10-point deficit or deficiency was going to keep Auburn at home from out of this game. Now, it would have made it more difficult for Auburn to come back had Ty Ty stayed healthy. And it definitely would have given Kentucky an opportunity to win the game for sure, Absolutely. Um, but I don't think it would have won Kentucky the game. I don't think it would have been a blowout. Now, I will also say, next time these two teams meet, hopefully in the SEC tournament, if Kentucky is healthy, they stay on Walker Kessler, they do win that game by 15. If they can shut down Walker Kessler, get him in the foul trouble or something, Auburn loses that game to Kentucky by 15. Kentucky, in my mind right now, is still the favorite to win the SEC tournament. They're getting better every single day, and getting Ty Ty and Wheeler back healthy later on is definitely going to help. All right, some things Coach Cal and Grady said, and we'll get into foul discrepancy. Grady said rebounds and key moments were important down the stretch, and Auburn just made some crucial plays. Uh, and he said, well, we said the same thing after LSU, so this is something we're going to have to work on as a team. Auburn finished with one more rebound than Kentucky, 27-26. to 26. It's so weird to see the best rebounding team in the country struggle to pick up rebounds on the road like that. Things just didn't bounce their way. It's not often. It's weird that Kentucky or Sheba grabbed 14 of those. So it's an, it, it indicates that the rest of Kentucky's team was just not doing a great job uh, grabbing rebounds. Kentucky shot 50% from the field, Grady noted. And Grady said that Kentucky had their opportunities in this game. Somebody asked Grady about what uh, what not having Ty Ty does to the team and how it affected the contest. And Grady said, well, Ty Ty's a score. And if you take away 14 points per game, I mean, it's as simple as that. It's 14 points per game that's not on the court. I agree. It's as simple as that. Grady also said if Kentucky got to line more, it would have helped. Coach Cal said the same thing. Uh, Grady also said, I see why they call the jungle. It's a really tough place to play. Noted that you don't win a championship in January. We want to be our best in March. We have to see how we can get better. Noted that A&M was a really good team, that they had to kind of grind their way out in that game, and Auburn was a great team. It was just, it was just different. Um, he also noted something interesting. It's like, he said, when there's a little more finesse and playmaking involved, we need to learn how to win those types of games. It's an interesting note there, just talking about how 
They weren't shooting well against Texas A&M. They were kind of having to grind that game out, and they won it. Auburn is a team with a little bit more finesse, a little bit more offense, where both teams were shooting well. You've got to be able to figure out how to win, not shootouts, but games where teams actually score. What Coach Cal said on the lob play, he said they dumb that to a lot of teams, but that's something that we thought we could guard. Um, and he attempted to tell the kids to guard it, and they didn't. Normally, the guy that makes the plays in tough, situ- uh, tight situations is Ty Ty, and he was out. Uh, what Coach Cal said, and you know, honestly, it's like, yeah, he's he's our leader. He he makes the right decision almost every single time. Um, and it was just it was tough to only have him for nine minutes. All right, I want to get in real quick what was said about Severe Wheeler late in the game. So he took a really hard hit from Walker Kessler, Auburn center, center. It was called a foul. It was a common foul. Kessler didn't push off on him. Uh, he did set a hard screen on him. Um, his his teammate should have either called the screen out or if he didn't hear it. I mean, it's if Wheeler didn't hear it, I mean, he was going to get knocked over. So it's a foul, though. It's not anything technical, but it was a foul for sure. Um Wheeler was uh, clearly hurt and exhausted after playing 36 minutes. Um, Wheeler was told by Cal, why don't you go ahead and come out? And Wheeler was like, no, I want to stay in the game. But um, Coach Cal noticed, like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm coaching someone's child. This is a kid that had a neck injury just a few games ago. I don't think he's 100% right now. Got banged up against Auburn. I mean, he, he played his heart out, man. Got banged up in that game. And this is what CBS Sports... And Brad Nessler had to say about Severe Wheeler after Wheeler got hit with one minute and 18 seconds to play. This is what C- the CBS broadcast crew, Brad Nessler, the play-by-play guy, had to say. He said, quote, Wheeler is not going to need any eye drops after this one because he's got enough tears in his eyes to last him. That was Severe Wheeler crying on the floor after he got hurt by Walker Kessler. Brad Nessler said, Wheeler's not going to need any eye drops after this one because he's already got enough tears in his eyes to last him. In my opinion, I just want to say that's bad form from a play-by-play guy that's bad form. Kid could have been hurt. He's been banged up, played his heart out. Even the color analysts are like, yeah, this kid's got a high motor. He's played really hard today. And, you know, it's just props to him for going out there and putting it all on the line. And Brad Nessler's sitting over there. Look at this kid crying on the floor. Yeah, he's not going to need no teardrops after this one, is he? That's just, in my opinion, that's bad form for, for a professional. I just I thought that was a really bad look. All right, one more thing here. We'll wrap up. The foul discrepancy in this game. So, I saw a lot of fans complaining about it, as you should. Kentucky had 20 fouls. Auburn had 12. Kentucky only shot 8, or made 8 of 10 free throws. So, they shot 10 free throws. Auburn shot 29. And I think that Kellen Grady mentioned it. Coach Cal mentioned it over and over and over and over again. You know, they weren't pleased with the foul discrepancy. Kellen phrased it as, you know, if we could have gotten to the line, if we could have gotten to the line more, we would have had a chance to win the game. And Coach Cal was saying, you know, there's just a lot of fouls called on us. It's weird. Again, I think Auburn got a little home cooking in this contest. But I will also say, uh, Kentucky started fouling late like intentionally fouling, they fouled four different times and it led to eight different free throws. So if you take that out, Auburn shot 21 free free throws as opposed to Kentucky's 10 and Auburn only had 12 fouls to then Kentucky's 16. So it makes it seem a little bit better, but at the same time, I think I was less frustrated with Auburn going to the free throw line. I was more frustrated with the fouls that weren't called that where, where, where Kentucky should have shot free throws. Specifically on Oscar Shibway, there were times down low where a foul should have been called. 
And so I just wanted to know, it's like there was also garbage time fouls that kind of inflated the statistics. But at the same time, you take those out, Auburn still shot 11 more free throws than Kentucky. There should have been fouls called on, on Oscar Shibway or whoever was guarding him, excuse me. So all in all, I think this is a game that Kentucky can rebound from. Really hard-fought game. I'm in no way, shape, or form upset with the team, other than the fact that they couldn't guard the pick and, pick and roll. That's something they got to fix. Um, but overall, I'm proud. The kids fought hard. Kellen Grady noted that. It's like, I think we showed that we showed a lot of grit, a lot of fight, a lot of heart. I think we can really improve. And, you know, the goal is to win in March. And that's my goal is to win in March. We got we to gotta go out there and execute these next few games. I believe Mississippi State's up next. Part of the five-game stretch that I said would be brutal, and then Kansas is coming up. So Kentucky's got an opportunity to kind of reassert themselves, you know, get things right. And I think they're definitely going to, to have a shot to do that. And if Wheeler's healthy, I think they will. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. You can follow the show on Twitter at Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody, and God bless.